Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fail Succeed. Joining us to discuss a failure and a success, as always, is H. Welcome, H. Hi there, how are you doing? Top form, thank you, my friend. H, our failure this week. Icelanders are getting fed up with Instagrammers coming to Iceland and disrespecting their country in order to get good Instagram shots. And by disrespecting, I mean doing things like driving off-road, which apparently you cannot do in Iceland because of the um, climate and the particular kind of moss and all that sort of stuff. Climbing over fences to get to cliff edges, you know, all that kind of stuff that Instagrammers do to get their shots. And it is kind of disrespectful, I think, isn't it? Because people have rules about what you can do in their country. You should respect them. Yeah. H, what's your feeling? I know you're a massive fan of Iceland anyway, aren't you? I went there. I was lucky enough to go there before it became overrun. I mean, it's still pretty busy, but um, also we went well off the beaten track and didn't just hang around the um, golden circle what is the golden circle i've never been it's kind of just a an area of various tourist attractions geysers hot springs and things like that which are in a circuit which are relatively close to Reykjavik so it means that if you're just there for a long weekend or something you can get it you can see it's kind of like a quick a quick circuit of some some of the main attractions which you can do in a short period of time um if you don't have much time to stay there but we uh, thankfully we had longer so we were able to to go further afield what annoys me about this whole thing is the the it's the disingenuousness of the whole thing these instagrammers who are taking pictures of the wild beauty and yet they clearly don't give a flying turd about um about nature itself or they wouldn't be plowing their suvs through the fragile ecosystems all they care about is the the social profile their their likes their kind of life brag they're getting out of the whole thing your love of iceland is one thing because you i mean we've talked about this often you've said you would actually quite like to uh live there at least for a little bit yeah but the other thing which makes this a kind of perfect storm for you is your deep dislike of the instagram culture (laughs) well yeah it's just i mean basically what you're saying you it goes against everything you believe in oh yeah this has got my blood boiling and i don't want to be a kind of a grumpy old miserable but it just really really gets my goat this whole thing i just hate how self-absorbed we've become as a society my dad would argue that the decline of religion in the western world has left a kind of moral vacuum in which the individual becomes god and that the feeling of communal responsibility is dangerously diminished. And I think he's got a point to a degree, not that I believe in religion particularly, but I can see how it used to serve a purpose of the idea of um, no one person's bigger than the whole and everyone should work together and be respectful of each other. And I think this story shows the complete opposite of that. Even just on a personal level, I don't think it's good for your mental health right yeah it saddens me that we now view life through the lenses of our smartphones instead of being truly present in the landscape i think it's another symptom to the dangerous disconnect that we have with the natural world now we're kind of processing it through so we're processing the world so that our experience of it is in line with our self-controlled kind of self-manufactured online persona Uh, and in doing that i think you fundamentally break the grounding covenant of our existences which is between us and the natural world people no longer connect fundamentally with the natural world they're just they're just doing it through the phone they're not actually there experiencing it they're just showing that they're experiencing it yeah okay so that's our fail this week social media instagrammers in iceland so moving on to our success this week h this is a guy called zach mcleod pinsent who is a self-taught tailor in brighton never wears and indeed doesn't own any modern clothing Okay, and and his particular 
style at the moment, and I think he changes. I'm not sure, but he's quite into Regency era clothing at kind the moment. Kind of Jane Austen style. So the first guy I actually thought of was um, Bo Brummel. Have you ever heard of Bo Brummel? He was considered the original dandy. And in fact, there's a statue of him on German Street. So he was around sort of end of the 1700s, early 1800s. Very flamboyant foppery, isn't it? The kind of clothing of that era. Yeah, he was asked at one point how much it would cost to keep a man in clothes. He apparently replied, why, with tolerable economy, I think it might be done with 800 pounds. Okay, that would be equivalent in today's money to about £50,000. And at that time, the average wage yearly for uh, the average guy was £50 a year. He also apparently took five hours a day to dress and washed, or sorry, polished his boots with champagne. (laughs) I think this Zach guy's a legend. He's got a niche interest and he's committed to it and now he's seeing the benefits of it. I mean, there must be demand because there can't be too many people out there specialising in Regency clothing. I love the ease and matter-of-factness with which he describes this kind of unorthodox fetish he has. He's he just kind of just goes, yeah, yeah, just like, um, yeah, I just really like those clothes. That's, you know, it's, it's, I'm not doing it for any effect. It's just the way I feel comfortable. I think in some ways that's the polar opposite of these um, kind of social media junkies we were talking about earlier. He's completely unfazed in a way of, the, of any kind of narrow minded criticism that might be um, coming his way for this for bucking the trend. I think he says in a video online that there was that initial period where, yeah, obviously he's pretty self-conscious walking around in this old-fashioned get-up, but at some point he just broke through that feeling and then since then he's it's just given him enormous confidence. He's not trying to be different, it's just the way he feels and I think people pick up on that. He says that the reaction he gets is pretty positive. He says obviously occasionally he'll get some pisshead at three in the morning who has a go at him, but then he just thinks, well that's just some pisshead at three in the morning rather than actually taking it to heart. Uh, a lot of the time his clothes bring people joy. And, and in fact I thought it was such a British thing, right? We really celebrate that, uh, that the kind of the, the town eccentric, don't we? Yeah. Though, you know, I'm just thinking about uh, when I lived in Germany for a bit and I was driving into town one day and I looked out the window and there was just this naked guy standing waiting to cross the road. Mm. I said to the person I was with, I said, oh my God, did you see that naked person? And she said, oh yeah, that's just, that's just Nackter Jörg, which basically means naked George. <laughs> and I was like, what? She said, yeah, yeah, he's just a well-known figure. And, you know, he just walks around naked all the time. It's totally, everyone knows him yeah. here. Well, we had a, I remember when I grew up in Bristol, there was a, there was a guy that we used to call God. Uh, and he was, uh, he was about 80 years old, I suppose. Um, and he would, he'd walk around in a white robe with this uh, really long flowing white beard. And he literally just walk, and the rumours were that he was absolutely loaded, but this is just the way he chose to, to live his life. He would just literally walk the streets picking up rubbish, and that was his vibe. So that was our success. H, we now move on to uh, something you've learned from your travels yep. around the world. What can you teach us, H? As you know, I've just got back from Latvia um, a few days ago. I went over to celebrate Yanni. Yanni? Uh, Yanni is the nationwide festival that they have to celebrate um, Midsummer's Eve. It's um, it's a big thing over there, a pagan uh, type festival where women wear flower garlands in their hair and men um, have a tendency of stripping off and jumping naked into rivers and lakes. There's another quite nice thing they do. The couples tend to go off hand in hand into the woods um, to search for a fern 
that supposedly only flowers on the night of Yani. So that's uh, nice, isn't it? So I'm sitting in a market square having a beer with my friend Andres. I was fretting over the fact that, well, thankfully, two jobs had just landed that day. And I was wondering if I'd had time to do both of them at the same time and and do them both justice. And Andres turned to me and said, You must not run after two hairs at the same time. Well, I took that to mean, and it's fairly, it's fairly obvious, but it was still nice to hear it in that context, that you should concentrate your efforts on one thing at a time and give that your full attention, or else you won't, um, you won't, you will, you won't accomplish anything. You'll you know, be single-minded in your approach, a bit like, um, a bit like our boy Zach McLeod Pinson, I suppose. Yeah, strong words. And, and do you feel you've taken that on from, from him telling you that? No, I'm going to try and do both of them at the same time. <laughs> so, H, you and I are not going to be here next week. No. So, listeners, I'm afraid there's no podcast next week. So, thanks very much, H. And until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>